Amen. Well, thank you for being here with us tonight. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Matthew chapter number one tonight. And as you're turning or tapping, whatever your method is tonight, uh, there to Matthew chapter one, I just want to say thank you for being here tonight. Thank you on a, on a kind of a dreary Wednesday evening. Thank you for coming to church. Thank you for making it a priority tonight. Thank you for those tuning in online tonight uh, as well. And thank you for, once Pastor Gibbs said that I was speaking, thank you for not leaving during his prayer. Uh, so, uh, so I'll give you a because I'll pray in a minute. I'll give you a chance if you want to think that, overthink that, uh, that decision again. But uh, thank you for being here. And then also want to throw out, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for Rosedale Baptist Church. Uh, Pastor Tool, Pastor Steve, thank you for the opportunity to speak tonight. Uh, Rosedale Baptist Church literally changed my life. I came here as a eighth grade boy, uh, and the, really the rest is history. God did some amazing things. And I'm a product of Rosedale Baptist Church, and I'm very thankful for that. And to have the opportunity tonight to speak on this pulpit, behind, on this platform behind this pulpit, it's an honor. I'm thankful to speak whenever I have the opportunity to speak about God and His Word, but specifically today. So, Pastor, thank you so much for this opportunity. So, we're here tonight in our Christmas series, part two of our Christmas series. Pastor Steve did a phenomenal job uh, Sunday morning. If you missed that message for whatever reason, uh, I would suggest go look at, look at that up on Facebook, uh, or if you can just hit, listen to the podcast, set it up just perfectly uh, and so you won't want to miss that. So we're in part two tonight uh, here in Matthew chapter number one. Uh, the Bible tells us, beginning in verse number 18, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost, uh, and she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and he took unto him his wife, and he knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for this opportunity. Thank you for this place. Thank you for the people that make up this place. Thank you for your word. Thank you for this season. Lord, what we get to take just a few minutes to look at tonight, thank you uh, for the opportunity that we have eternal life because of the, the incarnation, the gift of your Son. Holy Spirit, I pray that this evening you would empty me of self, empty me of sin. Holy Spirit, would you make me small so Jesus can be big tonight? Father, would you speak through your word? Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So when reading passages of Scripture, this is kind of a personal thing that I do, I often consider who I would be in the passage. Now, I don't, I'm not talking about necessarily like allegorizing or specialization of Scripture, uh, but kind of what character traits do I see in, in the different characters of the narratives, and how would I fit uh, with that? What would be a personal application standpoint? For example, uh, recently I was reading through uh, the story of Samson, and then when I came down to it, I realized that the only thing that fit me in that story was brute strength and dashing good looks. Uh, the rest... The rest did not fit, all right? Uh, but that's kind of just an, an exercise that I do, kind of looking at these various portions of Scripture and saying, you know what? I see a lot of that character in me. 
Or, Lord, please don't let me be like that character. Uh, and so, uh, looking through that tonight, let's, uh, let's kind of do that for just a minute here uh, in our text and also just the overall Christmas narrative uh, from Luke and Matthew. But I, I, think, I will say this, that I think tonight we're going to talk about one of the most relatable characters in all of Scripture. Definitely, in the Christmas story, one of the most relatable characters. So, uh, let me kind of explain this. So, the shepherds. You say, well, there's no way I'm a shepherd, okay? Uh, there's no way I'm a shepherd. I, that wouldn't be me. I'm not that class of person. I'm not that lowly, and I know nothing about sheep. Okay, so cross that off the list. I would not be uh, the shepherd. Then maybe you think, uh, the Magi. Let's look at the Magi of Matthew chapter 2. Not a chance. I'm not that dedicated. I'm not that persistent. I'm not as learned. And yet again, like the sheep, I know nothing about stars, okay? Uh, so kind of going through those things, so cross that one off the list. Then we come to one, we're like, Jesus. Do we even have to mention that one? We are not Jesus in the Christmas story, okay? Uh, so we can t- totally knock that one off uh, about the, uh, I am not Jesus when it comes to the Christmas story. And then we're left with two, Mary. And we look at Mary and, you know, we think to ourselves, man, favored among women. And then for, you know, us men, we think favored among others. No, no that wouldn't fit me. That's not me. We look and we see how submissive and how, you know, how much she leaned into God's will and uh, to the, literally to the point where, be it unto me, whatever you say, be it unto me. And we think, no, I, don't necess- I, I would love to have those kind of character traits, but I don't think that I would be Mary in the story either. Well, that leaves us with one, Joseph. And I propose to you tonight that he's the often uh, most overlooked character of the entire Christmas story. Have you ever received unexpected or even bad news? Most of us, I would imagine all of us, if, we, if I asked her to raise your hand, you would raise your hand on that. You know, just right then and there, you have something in common, and you're able to relate with Joseph. And if you look at our text, look at our text real quick there in verse number 18. Now, the birth of Jesus was on this wise. When, as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, before they came together... She was found with child of the Holy Ghost. If you're going to keep score tonight, number one, the acknowledgement of the problem. Notice the acknowledgement of the problem. I ask you again that that simple question, have you ever received unexpected or even bad news? Maybe it was a call informing you of the loss of a loved one. Whether expected or unexpected, that sting still hurts when that loved one passes. You know, maybe it was uh, the ending of some form of a relationship that really, you just, I had nothing to do. I didn't, I did everything I could, but yet that relationship still ended. Uh, maybe it was sitting on the other end of the desk in the HR office or your boss tells you, I, I think we should part ways. I think we're going in a different direction and that direction does not include you. Whatever that may be, maybe it was even a call from a doctor explaining those unpleasant test results. And the list goes on and on and on. And that's where we find Joseph in verse number 18. He has just received, some way, shape, or form, he received some really unfortunate at first, unexpected for sure, and maybe even for a brief moment as he's thinking through these things, we don't know the time period exactly, some bad news as he's relating to it. That, and you know, Scripture doesn't tell us how Joseph uh, found out this information. He simply just says uh, says that she was found with child. I mean, that's all we get. So, you know, I I think, you know, maybe he was working in his carpentry shop and 
He's a guy that comes in and says, oh, so I hear that Mary's pregnant. Come again? One more time? <laughs> you know, or in our modern vernacular, say what? All right. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that mindset. Or, you know, maybe uh, as he's walking through town and he kind of starts hearing those whispers, you know what I'm talking about. When someone knows something or they think they know something about you uh, and, you know, those, they're, you know, they talk about one thing and then when you come, the subject immediately changes. Maybe those type things were going on. Somehow, uh, he found out. You know, just a few weeks ago, uh, one of our uh, staff members uh, was, was emailed me and I, uh, with working at the White Marsh campus, I'm not on this campus very much. And uh, she was emailing me and uh, just a lot, uh, this, 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 a whole bunch of different questions, kind of to catch up, just real quickly. Uh, and her husband, uh, they've been lo- uh, long members of our church, but recently, uh, this year, he, we brought him on staff, and she asked in, the, in there, hey, have you seen uh, her husband, mentioned his name, have you seen him much? Do you see him much? So I answered every single one of the questions that she emailed me. Every single one of them, yeah, going well, kind of a little busy on this, but, you know, excited about this, looking for that, and oh, yeah, I see your husband many times a day, and I said this, I said, I'm his Reese's supplier. Put a pin in that, all right? She replies back to none of the questions, the answers that I gave her except for Reese's. That's not part of his diet plan. I saw him the next day and said, I may have inadvertently sold you out to your wife, okay? I'm sorry. And he said, oh, no, you did. You did. Uh, was that, you know, we joke about it, but was that, you know, just that information just fell in his lap? We don't know. I'll give you my opinion. There's no solid scriptural advice for this, but I, I believe Mary told him at this point in time. Again, there's, there's no scriptural basis for it. I just think when we look at the character of Mary, I just feel like she told him. But now think it. Imagine that conversation. I mean, uh, you know, uh, generally in biblical times, the the, the married couple, they didn't spend much time together their their last year, their their year in betrothal. Uh, They didn't spend much time uh, together as they were tying up loose ends on either end, getting ready to make life together for themselves. And then this comes up. This, This bombshell is literally dropped on Joseph. As he's thinking through, and I don't mean to be, to be rude or inappropriate, but as he's thinking one plus one equals two, and I was not in that equation. And as he's trying to think through it, how does this, how does this work out? Maybe he's thinking, Mary, I thought you loved me. Mary, I you know uh, there's other details that surround this, this, this marriage and things like that, but just imagine the thoughts going through Joseph's mind. How could you do this to me? As he's thinking through, I've been working so hard to get things ready for our future life together, and then you do something like this. It wasn't what he pictured. It wasn't what he planned. But for a minute, put yourself in his sandals, all right? Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. He, at this point in time, he hadn't seen the angelic messenger. He didn't, uh, he, was, he didn't hear that. He was just faithfully living his life, working as a carpenter, doing his best to, to get life for his future family together. He trusted Mary to be faithful. He trusted her to be devout. He pledged his life to her, and yet it seemed as if she betrayed him. Houston, we have a problem. We see, number one, the acknowledgement of the problem. But really, the sermon is really in point two and three tonight. I want us to look, number two, at the attitude of Joseph. We see that there's a problem. We get it. There's an issue. There's an elephant in the room, all right? Let's see how can we address this. 
And if you would even write it maybe in parentheses in terms of this, uh, the attitude of Joseph relating to Mary. Because for the next few minutes, we're going to look at exactly how he's relating to Mary here. The attitude of Joseph relating to Mary. Look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privily. Okay, we just saw Joseph had a major life-altering problem that is coming up. You know, a problem he did not cause. A problem uh, that uh, was out of his control. He did not have a part in that. And he comes down, it's two options that he has. First, he can do a public spectacle. He can make Mary a public spectacle. Or he can have a private send-off. Now, they weren't officially married in terms of like that we think today, but in biblical customs and traditions, I mean, the only thing that was saved for was really was the wedding. That's all that was, was waiting. I mean, it's legally speaking, the dowry's been paid, the arrangements have been made, all of this. It's as if, that's why Scripture refers to them, their husband, wife. Because as if they were. And so uh, here in this, they weren't. So let's, what does Scripture say about that? Well, one of the big ten in Exodus 20, thou shalt not commit adultery. Leviticus 20 verse 10 says, And the man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and adulteress shall surely be put to death. Numbers 11 would give the bitter water test for jealousy and, and possible infidelity. And if you were to read through that, I know Pastor did that several, several weeks ago. Uh, but the, it wasn't a pretty situation when that ended up. Joseph could have brought her to the city rulers. could have brought her to the Pharisees or the Sadducees. He brought her to the religious leaders there, making her a public spectacle. And guess what? He would have been justified in doing so, according to the law. He would have been justified in doing it. He would be now entitled to the repayment of the dowry, whatever it may have been that he paid Mary's father. He's entitled to that now. He can have that back because it wasn't, he's not the one that committed the infidelity. In his hurt, and focus on that, in his hurt, if he's acting out of his hurt, he could make her, drag her to the, the center of town, make her an example for everyone else in town, and then ultimately cause shame to be upon her family. And again, According to the law, according to tradition, he was justified in doing so. He could have done it. You know, think about this, this mindset of when something happens to us, how often does it, you know, bam, we shoot off. Bam, it's a blow up. In our modern day, when something doesn't go our way, we go to Facebook or social media and we just we blow that place up. We let them know. We don't even leave them a one-star review because they're not even worth a one-star review. Or let me talk about this and that. And, you, if, and if you're not careful, you get so caught up in comment after comment after comment, and you're so far into the swamp of negativity, you realize, where did I even get started on this? But that's our society today. How often does that happen in our society? Let's be honest. Let's bring it down. How, how often does that happen in our personal lives? Where he's something, and it may, again, again, Joseph was justified in doing this. You may be justified in the reaction that you think that you, that you should give them, but is that the action that we should give them? Joseph here, we don't see Joseph flying off the handle. We don't see Joseph, and I don't think it's just because, you know, it's the way that the narrative was written. I believe that's his character. That's who he is. Joseph doesn't fly off. He doesn't make her a public spectacle like those uh, Pharisees 
were trying to do with the woman in John chapter 8. Now, there's so much more to the story in John chapter 8 with the crooked Pharisees and all of that. But again, what? They were justified to some extent. They were missing the other part, the adulterer in that story. But you get, you're tracking with me tonight? They were just, he was justified in it, but he didn't do it. So instead, he chose option number two, the private send-off. And really kind of based out of Deuteronomy 24. Uh, where, uh, now obviously this, this text in Deuteronomy 24, it could still be public, but you kinda, it's a little, it, the, the language behind it, it's a little quieter. It's a little more private. It says in Deuteronomy 24, 1, when a man hath taken a wife and married her, which though they're not officially married, it's as if they are, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes because he hath found some uncleanness in her. Not because he's tired of her, not because he doesn't like but because she did something she shouldn't have done in his mind specifically here, adultery, then let him write her a bill of divorcement and give it in her hand and send her out of his house. So public spectacle, private send-off. Now, obviously, public, public spectacle, uh, spectacle, probably going to be those people, Joseph, well done, dude. Yeah, let her know. That, that's exactly what she deserved. The opposite's going to be for uh, the, the private send-off. It's going to be, everybody say, wait a minute, we don't know all the details. So we do that, you know, we do that Christian thing. I just want to pray for you. So can you tell me what happened? So the people in, in the village going on, you know, what, what happened? Did you hear what happened to uh, Joseph and Mary? I mean, I think she was sick or something or, or whatever. Oh, no, let me tell you what happened. But then think all the gossip that's going to happen, which we know gossip and rumors happen because as we go along, we look into Jesus' later ministry. But now here with this private send-off, there would still be some form of embarrassment in the community. He would still face questions. He would be, honestly, the center of those whispers and those rumors, but he was not going to condemn Mary to public shame and reproach. And I think right there, we, you know, what an example to follow. Because this was not easy. In no way, shape, or form is this easy for Joseph. This is not one of those when you're, you're going through, and if you, you know, I know we don't pick the trials that we go through in life, but this is definitely not one of those. You know, if I have to go through a trial, let it be, no, that wouldn't be one of them. And it wouldn't be one that we would put ourselves into. So it's not easy for Joseph, but yet the character that is there, he wasn't willing to make her a public example. But I think we also need to look at this one last part on this as well. Look at the beginning of verse 20. It says, but while he thought on these things, even in the middle of a tense, unexpected, you know, life-altering predicament, Joseph takes time to think things over. You know, not everything, realize this tonight, church, not everything requires an immediate response. Oftentimes we think, oh yeah, well let me give my thought on that. You, you're, you don't have, the world is not necessarily waiting for your response. You realize, you know, when I you look at different things, you know, uh, responses, oh I got to respond back to them. Why do I have to respond back to that? It's like taking time to, is it worth my time? Probably not. You know, uh, but you know, I really showed them not really. But how often do we allow ourselves to fall into that trap? Not everything requires an immediate response. Keyword there, immediate response. Why? Because so many times we act out of emotion. We act out of frustration. We, you know, those things when we say words and then we watch them go and we wish that we could grab them back because we knew we should not have said those words. Oftentimes, not every time, but oftentimes it happens when we make that immediate decision. I'm going to tell them off. I'm going to let them know this. I'm going to, I'm going to put them in their place. 
And what happens? More damage than good happens. You know, several of my mentors in life, they've taught me something really, uh, really important. I'd rather win the relationship and lose the argument. Because when it comes down to it, you know, uh, uh, yeah, I can stand my ground on that argument, but eventually down the road, you know, when that relationship could have been so much better than it is non-existent now, I'm going to wish I would have saved the relationship over the argument. Because my ground here on the argument, whoopee, it's not going to last forever. That relationship quite possibly will last forever. Not everything requires an immediate response. Taking a breath, thinking things through would do us a whole lot of good sometimes. And it, it, just, it gets me here in this time. Now, I'm sure here with Joseph there were some sleepless nights. I'm sure that there were, you know, uh, that, that, you know, trying to go to bed and then waking back up and, you know, as we play things through our head. Why? Because Joseph was a real person just like you, just like me. Joseph wasn't some part, part of a fairy tale. He was, he was real. He was a real person that had real emotions, that had real hurts, that had uh, real thoughts and all of these things going through his mind. We don't know the exact time frame in which this happened. You know, it, it happened on Monday and then a Tuesday. and then all of, We don't know though that exact detail, but I, we, we can certainly learn from Joseph's attitude. We can see that, you know, uh, th- those relationships together, you know, and, and just all that's going on there. Again, he was justified in doing it, but his character, and the reason, I, <laughs> the reason we're speaking about Joseph tonight is because he didn't. The reason, you know, that, that we're, we're talking about how he is a hero of Christmas tonight is because of the character that he possessed. So, we see that we've acknowledged the problem. And we see how Joseph acted in his relationship and in his attitude with Mary. Uh, number three tonight, the acceptance of the message. Now, this would be, really, if we were going to reword it, Joseph's attitude towards God. Because think... Joseph could just start swinging his fists to heaven and let God have it, but he doesn't. He takes some time to think about it. He, he's taking some time here. Let's look at verse number 20. The Bible says, and, and, uh, But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted as God with us. And then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and did everything that he was told there. As he was thinking, as, uh, as he was considering, as he was contemplating, as he was stressing, then God's Word stills his heart. God's Word comes right on in there. Uh, and let me mention, you know, God's Word, God's message still stills hearts today. God's Word today, consider these, these verses from the book of Psalms. In Psalm 37, 31, the Bible says, The law of his God is in his heart, none of his steps shall slide. Psalm 119 tells, The law of thy mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. The statutes of the Lord, uh, Psalm 19, are right, rejoicing the heart. And then one more from Psalm 119, This is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me. 
here as, as he's talking, uh, as he's thinking through, he gets this message from God, from, directly from the angel, uh, t- confirming this. It, it confirms who he is, thou son of David. That, that goes back to the Davidic covenant. That, hey, God's a God that keeps his promises. And you may not understand it right now, Joseph, but I'm going to use you to do something great for my purpose, for my will, for my causes. He refers to him as the son of David, and then he confirms the message using Scripture. It, it, the, the whole reason this is happening is so that it's fulfilled. Those two things working in concert together. There in verse number 20, uh, and 20 and 21, it, it, he says there, the Lord appeared into him a dream, saying, hey, Joseph, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife. He tells him, okay, after that, uh, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. So the first thing, hey, don't fear, don't worry, take Mary as your wife. Secondly, what she told you is true. All right, it is the, 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 the child of the Holy Ghost, and then gives him instructions. She's going to bring forth a child. And here's the thing, in verse 21, right there in the middle, she shall bring forth a child, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Now for us, we, some of us would just look right over that, but in biblical traditions, it was the dad's job to name the child. So what he's, what he's being told here right now is, adopt the Son of God. What a beautiful picture that is for us in terms of our salvation. He adopted the Son of God so that the Son of God could adopt us. What an amazing, wonderful thing that could happen here in this picture. You're, she's going to give birth, but you're going to name him Jesus. You're going to name him the Savior of the world. You're going to name him Emmanuel. You're going to name him the fulfillment of prophecy. He is the Messiah. You're going to do that. So then when we look at verse 24, we see what he was told to do. Verse number 24, then Joseph being raised from sleep said, forget about it, I'm done with this. No. Then Joseph being raised from sleep did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and what, number one, took unto him Mary his wife. And then we see again his character knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son and then he called his name Jesus. He did exactly what the message of the Lord told him to do. That's another application for us tonight, church, where, you know, we shouldn't do anything, you know, in contrary to the message of God, to the Word of God. When, where God's Word speaks, that's what we should do. We don't fit what we want to do, make God's Word fit into that. We should take God's Word and then fit our lives according to that. So as we're seeing through this, he's told to do these things, and verse 24, he did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. He did it, but he did it at a cost. Joseph's obedience to God cost him the right to value his own reputation because he knows those rumors are going to come. He knows those whispers are going to come. He knows all of you know, that, that, that shame, so to speak, that's going to come. But you know, oftentimes, what a lesson that would be if we would learn that, you know, obey God and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. Kind of like as we've been going through the book of Acts on Sundays, we ought to obey God rather than men. Let's obey God and see what happens outside of there. Obey God and leave the consequences to Him. If we just obey God, God's told me to do it. Okay, God, I'm going to do it. I don't know what A, B, and C are going to come after this, but God, you've told me I'm going to follow you. Where you lead me, I'm going to follow, Lord, and that's where we're going. Obey God and leave the consequences to Him. Years ago, a family member gave me a picture frame, and I have it right in the the, the entrance to our house. Uh, And it says this, I'd rather follow God in the dark then walk alone in the light. Church, I can tell you this for sure. There's been some times where I've walked alone, 
personally, in my own mind, uh, in the light, and I've gotten so lost, so far away. But it's amazing. Isn't isn't it neat? Very much like that footprints poem. Even in dark, where I can't make out, all I can make out is the next step. And then realize, wait a minute, there's there's not two sets of steps here, there's one. That's when I carried you. All that He's done for us, all that He's doing, I'd rather follow God uh, than in the dark, than walk alone in the light. Obey God, leave the consequences to Him. We don't know very much about Joseph. He's mentioned very few times in Scripture. There's a lot of people that, uh, you know, have a lot of degrees behind their name and do all of these things that they make, uh, you know, conjecture and all of this. That's not my spot. That's not my role. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm just going to base off what we do know. We know that he was faithful. We know that he was obedient. Joseph was obedient. Joseph uh, was faithful. He was characterized by these two things. He, He did the next right thing in front of him. Think about that tonight. If you know, I don't know how I'm going to get through. Well, what's the next right thing? You know, those things, if you've ever had some form of an injury that makes it hard to walk, you know, obviously if you think, you know, you, you start thinking in your mind, uh, that's 20 steps away, those 20 steps are seem like forever. But then eventually when you start thinking about it, you go and you take that one step. Okay. Let's get the next step done, and we go to the next step. And we keep going one step at a time, the next right thing. Hey, church tonight, do the next right thing. And I don't know what that looks like for your life. But in every area of your life tonight, whatever it may be, do the next right thing. Author Tim Keller writes, Everyone in that shame and honor society will know that this child was not born nine or ten months after getting married. They would know she was already pregnant. That would mean that one of two things in their minds, they were promiscuous before their marriage covenant, or Mary simply was unfaithful. As a result, they're going to be shamed, socially excluded, and rejected. They're going to be second-class citizens forever, yet they obeyed. Yet they went on. Yet they did what God said. And I tell you tonight, you have no idea what hangs in the balance of saying yes to God. You know, again, if, 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 and I, 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 don't like putting God's will on the shoulder of men, but just imagine if Joseph would have said, no, I'm good, I'm going to head out this way. We wouldn't be talking about him tonight. It would be a different story that we're talking about tonight, but yet Joseph did. He said yes to God. And tonight, church, maybe that's what's holding back, holding you back. Say yes to God. And not to the point where, not that he's strong-arming you and twisting your arm behind your back, but God, you know, you've been laying this on my heart. You've been laying this person on my heart. Just say yes to God. Go through, say yes, because you have no idea what hangs in the balance of saying yes to God. You know, I think about this tonight. I think about the bus captain that came knocking on my parents' door when my brother Joey was five years old. And I think about that. I'm so very thankful for that bus captain because it changed the course of my life. I'm here today because a man knocked on a door, followed God's call, and said, Hey, does your child want to ride a bus to church? Do you want to come to vacation Bible school at our church? You can come. And then about six, to, six months to a year later, my daddy got saved. And that's all I've ever known is a Christian home. I'm so very thankful that that man said yes to God. Because I'm sure it was inconvenient. I'm sure it didn't. You know, I'd much rather after a working long day at, at work, and that man I believe he was a mechanic, after working a hard day all day long, coming to a place he'd never been to and inviting kids to church, thankful that he said yes to God. 
I'm thankful that even though I didn't understand it, we were I, the church I grew up in before coming to Rosedale, I didn't, we didn't understand it all of that back then, but I'm so very thankful that my dad said yes to God and moved our family here. Because you know what? Humanly speaking, I wouldn't be standing before you tonight if my dad hadn't said yes to God. I'm so very thankful for those people in my life, those Sunday school teachers. I'm thankful that pastor said yes to God 25 years ago because pastor has had a major part in building who I am today. You have no idea what is hanging in the balance, what might be on the other side of that mess, or what is on the other side of saying yes to God. Don't tell Joe Bosto, okay? And so that'll be our secret. So you're going through all that, you have no idea what's hanging in the balance of saying, God, you got it. A little over 20 years ago, now, I, I mentioned I was, I was an eighth grade boy, and I went to camp. For the very first time, I didn't, want to, I didn't really want to go. I'm a homebody, all right? You may think I'm an extrovert, but I'm a homebody, okay? <laughs> I love the couch, uh, and I love a blanket, okay? And, and, and then going to a new church that I didn't really know too many people, but there on a Thursday afternoon, felt that, that hug of the Holy Spirit. That's how I've described it, the, just the hug of the Holy Spirit. And he, he, if, he didn't speak audibly, but if he did, it would have been Morgan Freeman's voice speaking in my ear and saying... Some of you, you'll catch that later. All right. Uh, but you know, as speaking in my ear and saying, Michael, I want you to serve me full time. And I can remember thinking through that the entire invitation time, thinking, God, what? Do you, do you, do you, know, do you, do you know who I am? Do you, do you hear the stutter, God? Do you know what you're doing? You, okay. And I, I literally, blindly, I stood up. I was in the middle of, the, of that, that, that pew. I can take you to it in Hanover, Pennsylvania. And I walked out and I, I went to the corner of that, 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 that tabernacle stand and I said, God, I don't understand it all. I don't know what's ahead, but if you'll take me, I'll serve you. God, if you'll allow me to serve you like you're calling me to do it, I'll do it. And I am not in no way, shape, or form trying to trumpet myself tonight, but I'm thankful that I said yes to God because we've been able to see so many kids trust Christ this year. We've been able to see kids in the baptistry tank this year. We're able to see lives change every single day. Why? Because other people, including myself, have said yes to God. Church, say yes to God. That, that old, old song, Dare to be a Daniel, hey, be a Joseph too, all right? Taking those times to say yes to God. And, and looking through all of this tonight, you know, we, we see that the acknowledgement of the problem. We see Joseph's attitude. If you get nothing tonight, point two and point three, his attitude towards Mary and his attitude towards God. The way that those interactions right there, we could pray and go home and probably like, please pray and go home. Uh, but uh, those two things tonight, just focus on those, the attitude, why? because our, our, our relationship can't be right here and be wrong here. You know, we, you know we, we can't hate our brother who we have seen and say, God, I love you, and we haven't even seen him face to face yet. The Bible would tell us, that we're a liar. The Bible would tell us that we're a hypocrite. That's not me. That's the, that's the book. But making sure that, you know, all of it, that, that relationship there. And then our relationship, of course, with the Lord. So we saw acknowledgement. We saw the attitude of Joseph. We saw the acceptance of the message. But here we go. You can put your seat backs and trade tables up in the full upright position. Number four, the application for us. So what, where do we go from here? So think about this, when you last received that unexpected bad news, who did you talk to most? So often we 
tell everyone about our problems except for God. Someone years ago said, you know, we sure do talk about our problems a lot, but we very seldom, how often do we pray about them? We want everybody else to know, but we don't pray about them. You know, when we think that through, who did you talk to the last time you had that issue? You know, I know our text says that Joseph thought on the circumstance, but just when you look at his character, you look at all of those things, I just, I got to believe that he spent some time in prayer about it and saying, God, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I just, I, it's not making sense, God. It's not connecting. It, it, it's just, I, I don't get it, God. But spending some time praying. You know, there's, there's no place in your notes, but I kind of want to give you two concluding questions in terms of the application for us. And if you just jot these down tonight, when, situa- when situations arise, first, how do I respond? How do I respond? We get a beautiful example here in Joseph tonight. A beautiful example of how, how to respond. Does that mean Joseph, every single time that Joseph responded, he responded exactly like that? Probably not. Why? Because he was human, just like you, just like me. But the, the, what we have here in Scripture tonight, how do we respond when situations come? Are we known for always flying off the handle? Are we known for always letting people have it? Are we always, oh yeah, they did that? Well, watch this. We've got to one-up them. How do we respond when these different scenarios come out? Or, and also number two, so how do we respond? But on whom do you rely? When those situations come, when those things, when those dark moments come, when you can't explain it all, when you, when you can't see, uh, you, you're having a hard time seeing what the next right thing is, you're struggling to see what it is, who do you rely upon? How do we respond? Who do we rely upon? Church, the exact same God that enabled Joseph to do what he did is available to you today. The same God. There are so many songs out today that talk about the same God. I'm glad that I serve a God that doesn't change. Because unfortunately, me and my sinfulness, I change daily, but he changes not. I'm so very thankful that great is thy faithfulness. Every single morning, I don't have to worry about, am I going to run out the mercies today? No, because they're new every single morning. God is so good. He's such a merciful God, relying upon him. You may say tonight, Mike, you have no idea what you're going through in church. You may be right, but I know a man that does. I know a God that does. And you may say, Mike, there's no way that you can understand what I'm going through tonight. But I tell you tonight, I know a man. I know a God who does. And I'm thankful for that God. He loves us. He cares for us. He's there for us every single step of the way. And I in no way trying to minimize your problems. I'm just trying to make much of Jesus tonight. Because yes, Joseph is the unsung hero of Christmas. But why did he do it? He did it all through the power of God. That's why he was able to do it. That's why it went on. You may think tonight uh, that you can't forgive that person. Church, I tell you tonight, for with God, nothing shall be impossible. You may think that you can't love that person anymore, but for with God, nothing shall be impossible. You may think you can't move on, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. You may think you can't believe anymore, but with God, nothing shall be impossible. Somebody help me out tonight. You may think tonight that whatever, fill in the blank, that you can't do it, but with God, all things are possible. Nothing shall be impossible with God. So I leave you with this. Faithfulness and obedience. That's Joseph's legacy. That's the example of Joseph. 
That is an example to follow. That is the legacy. Barely mentioned in Scripture. Forgotten really mostly in a lot of church history. But remembered by God as a faithful servant. And for most of us, that can be our legacy too. If we're willing to believe that with God all things are possible. And like Joseph, say yes to God. So, obey God. Leave the consequences to Him. Again, I I say you have no idea what hangs in the balance of saying yes to God. So say yes to God and watch what He does. I'm nothing, but He's everything. He's done some amazing things. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Let's pray together. Father, thank You so much for this opportunity. Thank You for Your Word. Father, thank You for the example of Joseph tonight. Thank You, Lord, uh, for the principles. Lord, I pray that we would, we would take the, the, His attitude towards Mary, that we would emulate that. Lord, that His relationship with You, that we would emulate that. But Lord, ultimately, that the thing that we would do, we would rely upon Your power, because without You, we can do nothing. Thank You for Your goodness. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You, Father, for everything that You've done. We love You. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.